Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts, and on this episode, they promised a concoction that would cure cancer, prevent COVID, and treat autism. But what people were actually drinking was bleach. We'll talk about the latest season of Smokescreen, Deadly Cure. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is our resident Doubting Thomas, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, about to drop its new season, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hey, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. And again, filling in for the vacationing Laura Bricker is our very, very special guest host, our handsome line editor, Livy Burdett. Welcome back, Livy. Hello, Rebecca. All right, so Kevin... Yeah. This is obviously Monday's podcast. Yes, it is. What is happening on Thursday's show? Well, on Thursday, we're going to have a Crime Writers on Classic Rewind. Really? Because, yes, because we are currently, currently on a beach somewhere. Yes. Um, so we're going to be looking back at our review of the classic true crime podcast, Done Disappeared. Oh, my God. Is this classic review is going to re-ruin my friendship with Payne Lindsay. Yes I no? don't think so. <laughs> Are you going to listen to it before we drop it in the feed to make sure? No, I'm not. It's just going <laughs> to stand by is it, Is Payne Lindsay going to listen to it again? It's fine. I doubt it. I doubt it. But we're going to come back a week from today, and on Monday we're going to be talking about the new podcast, You Didn't See Nothing. What's that about? I'm not telling you nothing. Something we didn't see? Something you haven't heard yet. Okay. Well, I would like just to get right to the review that we want to discuss, because I know we, some of us have a lot to say about it. So are you guys cool with skipping some chit-chat and getting right to it? Like, what chit-chat were we going to have? I don't know. Um, let's just get right to it. Livy, how do you like doing this show so far? Yeah. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> are you going to be dropping uh, drops of bleach in Laura Bricker's wine <laughs> to try to get rid of her and take her spot? 
to make her healthier than ever. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, the one thing that's good about having Livy here is that she hasn't been distracted by any cats walking behind her. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> We're missing out on the, the pet interaction. There haven't been any moments where we've had to be like, Livy, Livy. Focus. Focus. Or at least mute yourself. (laughs) That's right. I think our listeners should know that Livy hears everything that happens during our tapings. She hears what happens before we start, in between the two shows we tape. The good, the bad, the coughing, the sniffing. After. The ums and ahs. Maybe like yeah. before someone comes in the line, she might hear us talking shit about that person. <laughs> I don't know. She hears it. Oh, she's nodding. <laughs> she was nodding to that one. Not all about right. you, Toby. Never about after you. Show, she after show. After show time. All of it. Okay. She's got the tea. All right. So, uh, yeah, even when I go to the bathroom, she hears the shit Kevin says about me. She hears all of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. She hears the marital discord. All of it. The all-knowing, all-seeing <laughs> trash heap. It's so funny because um, oh our listeners- It's a Fraggle Rock reference, yes. Our yes. listeners oh. probably don't know this, but like Livy's mom is one of my best friends. <laughs> Sometimes I like go for a walk with Livy's mom and she'll be like, so I heard this about- Laura Bricker and I'll be like, how do you fucking know that? And she'll be like, well, Livy heard it when she was editing your podcast. Is Kevin still mad at you? Yeah. I heard that you and Kevin had a fight about whatever. I'll be like, oh my God, I completely forgot. Yeah. Your daughter. I live with my parents in New Hampshire. Yeah. So this like the drama of listing and editing Crime Writers on is is one of the highlights of my week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're also close with your parents. Even when you don't live with them, you'll probably still tell them all the shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're cool. Let's face it. They're cool. Okay. So now can we get to the thing we're talking about? Hey, you're in charge of the show. Don't look at me like I'm the one that derailed all All right. This. Let's do it. We have a miracle cure to get into. Let's drop that first clip right now. Leading off. It's a story about a man and a magical potion. Something he says will save the world for just a few dollars a vial. But there's a catch. That potion, it might also kill you. Believing they found the cure to aches and pains and serious diseases, Jim Humble and Mark Grennan create a church espousing the use of miracle mineral solution. What people are consuming isn't medicine, it's diluted bleach. I was taking 15 drops of that stuff. Three times a day, and guess what? I got rid of my MRSA. MMS is sold around the world, promoted by the church as a panacea for malaria, autism, cancer, and all common ailments. Activists urge the FDA to take action to prevent further injuries and deaths associated with MMS. Just as the media begins to expose the scam, the bleach treatment gets an unexpected endorsement as a treatment for COVID-19. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? From Neon Hum, Sony Music and Bloomberg, Smokescreen Deadly Cure follows the rise and fall of a family who pushed a dangerous product on people looking for alternative medicine. Host Kristen V. Brown also spotlights the armchair detectives who tracked the Grennans and their allies. 
Did they believe MMS was a religious sacrament or was it just a cover to sell poison? Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Smokescreen, Deadly Cure. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So Livy, your first note coincides with one of mine. This podcast never talks about what ingesting MMS actually does to a person. Yeah, it's literally drinking bleach. (laughs) The podcast, I feel like, does not do a good enough job of emphasizing the fact that this MMS shit is quite literally completely poison and it will probably, I mean, you don't know what it does exactly because it probably burns your stomach lining from the inside out. But we get one, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but we get one scene of a woman who- One victim. Takes one victim who takes a single dose of MMS and dies probably 20 minutes later. And I, and I felt her all of a sudden go limp while she was, and I remember this. It's one of the most awful memories I have is that her eyes rolled back in her head. Literally, just it's when her body went limp and her eyes rolled back and disappeared. And then we hear nothing about her after that. And there's no follow up on what exactly happened in her body and what happens to other people's bodies when they ingest this stuff. I mean, some people are are ingesting it or using it on their nonverbal autistic children as an enema. Mm. And then they're passing things that are advertised to be like parasites, but they're probably just stomach lining. But the podcast really doesn't do enough to say people are drinking bleach because they're being told that it will help them when it's quite literally poison that can kill you. And, and, and this has is how killed people and this is how yes. and this is why. Yeah, this is my issue, too. And also, they never get into, like, does this substance actually do anything? Because most conspiracy theories and most things have some, not most, some have some tiny grain of truth or some tiny grain of, like, this is why people think it works, right? Like the snake oils. Right. Or, like, even, like, ivermectin. Like, there's some, like, obscure study that happened that people can point to or whatever. But, like, yeah, like, there's nothing there there that they ever point to it's just like it's bleach and they just kind of leave it there so i completely agree with you on that think it tastes good and there's a similar thing toby with religion because we hear that the grenins formed a church but we never hear anything about any sort of religious doctrine or church uh foundational stuff we just hear that they made a church we also don't hear about any tax structure that reason why they we just hear there was a church there were sacraments but we don't hear anything about follow like what would what do you think about the, the the sort of church portion of the story? Yeah, so I they do give you the sense that there's not much there there, right? Because they they the couple of churches they talk about where they go and visit, and it turns out to be like people's apartments. Uh, yeah. And there's like clearly like people aren't gathering there to worship or anything. They're basically just moving product. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like the Grenins' sort of collective understanding of the Constitution seems a little flimsy. But they do seem to have sort of glommed on to this idea 
in addition to the fact that they they apparently read Congress shall make no laws and then didn't like go read the, rest the second line of that. <laughs> I, you know, it's like maybe they had to turn the page on that. Uh, they use that audio enough. Quite a it, bit. Yeah. Oh, it's a house. It's yeah. it's nuts. But then this whole idea that like, oh, we're a religion, so you can't do anything to us. Like we're a religion and these are our sacraments. So, you know, fuck you. And when the uh, cops show up, which is another thing they played a couple times. And the guy's like, go, I don't recognize your laws, you know. Okay, I got you guys. Guess what? I'm going to the sheriff with this. The first constitution, right, the constitution, the first amendment says there's Congress shall make no law. Okay. Okay? I I don't have a law. And you are harassing me? It's clearly flimsy, but they, you know, for an investigative podcast, they don't really investigate it, right? I mean, they just kind of, they give you a couple little sketches of what they run into. But there's no like like you were saying, Rebecca. There's no like, are they tax exempt? And you know, how do they use the religion there, to do this? Right. Is there any hierarchy? Is there any like actual like doctrine or services or whatever? Or is it just literally our sacraments are this bleach that we're selling to people, and that's basically it? Plus, I will start freaking out about Jesus and God and stuff if I feel like I'm being threatened. Or then they never say. These people never believed in God before they started selling this stuff, and suddenly they did. Like, they, like there's never any clarity like that. I think they were always religious, though, right? Wasn't that, I mean, I felt that that was part of it. I don't know. Well, the way they talk on the podcast. The podcast that podcast came out after, after they started selling the MMS. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, look, I'm not going to defend, is it Mark, the one who sounds like. I don't know, because there's so many Grenons. I thought there were two, and then suddenly right, there well, were four. It's Mark. Like the, the Grennans just, the Grennans like, 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 like tribbles. They all of a sudden multiplied <laughs> halfway through the podcast. I thought there were two in Florida and then there were two in Colombia. And I'm like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, wait, there are three sons. And then I, I was very confused about and Jim Humble. Who. There are enough to cover all the names of the apostles. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, you know, I mean, they could say that, you know, even the devil can use scripture to do whatever. But I mean, he's. Seemed to like be throwing out all the right lines. He was playing all the hits from the Bible about, you know, you shan't do that. And I mean, maybe it's as deep as his knowledge of the Constitution. But they say, we've got a law. It's called the First Amendment. It's like, no, (laughs) that's an amendment to the Constitution. (laughs) A little little unclear there. Yeah, but Congress shall make no law. Look, actually, that was a really strong opening scene. I thought that that tape was pretty good. But you're right, guys. We did hear it up they came back to it quite a bit and replayed it for like no apparent like really great reason and each time just kind of like lost its shine and i think that's too bad but i still like other than like them coming back the next day and talking to the dude and like i'm sorry you know here's my son he wants to you know play with badges and guns someday and thanks buddy uh (laughs) you know it did it it was a good piece of tape, but I think this is, this is actually sort of my overarching issue with the, the production of the podcast. It feels like they're trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I mean, if you, if I had a nickel for every time they said, well, we tried to talk to this person, but they didn't want to talk to her. This person wasn't available. And so they sourced it from other places, including the guy's podcast. And which other podcasts fine. that weren't the guy's podcast. I think that that's... I get it. It would be great if they would, you know, he would give them a first person interview. I'm actually fine with them taking stuff from those podcasts because he's his most authentic there. But it felt like that, you know, that if they had their druthers, they would have much more first person 
originally sourced material to put this together. And it was either, well, we don't do this because we don't have whatever the, you know, uh, arbitrary amount of that is, or we tell the story because it's a really interesting story to us and we'll make the best out of it with what we can and the people that we can talk to. And I think they made the right choice to go ahead, but that's why it feels a little weak in the middle. It's not the only reason why, because there are so many moments where they talk about like, there's a movement, there's a movement, but they never say what the movement is. And one of them, Libby, don't you know? No. One of the, I mean, this is the thing they, I mean, they hint to one of the things they hint to Libby that I think is actually super worth getting into is not the right wing COVID-19 Trump shit that we all know about. And it's not the Jenny McCarthy vaccine when we know about it's the wellness sort of moment that has made this like non mainstream curative bullshit like possible that they like hint at a couple times and chew at the edges of. And now this is why this is on Etsy. Right. But they hint at it. They're like, we we all know people like this. And they say a couple things like that. Like we all know and we all know it's like there's like this little chewing at the edges of like, we know people we, and it's like, but they never say like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. I think a different podcast and probably a much more interesting podcast could really get into analyzing and pulling apart sort of like the messaging around this and how it's being sold as I feel like sort of like a right wingy kind of juice cleanse where it's like, Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop has her like celery water thing that you drink for seven days and don't eat anything. And then you'll come out on the other side, a healed and enlightened person. And this is kind of the same thing, like the way that it's marketed. It's like a a juice cleanse for freedom and health and curing autism, question mark. But I I think that that sort of dichotomy could be a really interesting setup where it's like, why is the right wing anti-vax thing to literally drink bleach? And then like you have on the other side of the spectrum, like you should drink celery root and like fennel and whatever else natural organic shit you can put in your blender and then like starve. Um, Yeah, I just think that maybe in better hands, there could be a world in which this podcast really goes into that stuff in a deeper way and especially explores this idea that we all seem to be really obsessed with in our culture right now, which is like this kind of semi-religious idea of purifying oneself from the inside out and like Maybe if you can use bleach to like flush out your insides enough, you'll emerge like a healthier toxins being. <laughs> yeah. Flush out the toxins, which is like, what does that even mean? There are no toxins. Toxins are bullshit constructs. But do the people that are taking this, do they understand that this is bleach? Like, I didn't get that either. Like, No, it they, was never explained. Right. I mean, they say what the, I forget what it's the like, chemical. Uh, Chlorine dioxide? Right. It's okay, take a drop too. Which like, is like Kevin, I would hear that and be like, okay, sounds like carbon dioxide. There's so many things that lacked clarity and signposting, like from our narrator even, who seemed like a very competent reporter. Like at one point, Grennan is saying something like about the judge's order, which has included something like with contempt. 
And he's like, that means with disgust, with disdain. She didn't even break in to say, no, that's not what that means, right? But does she really need to hold your hand for you? It sounds, yes. like, it sounds like you want your, your hand no, held for all, everything. I just want there to be, at some point pointed out, this is absurd and here's why. We do not even get the benefit of being told, like, here's why this is absurd. Here's what bleach actually does to your body. Here's what they are saying. And here's what the truth is. Like, there's not even a moment in the podcast where that stuff is pointed out. I don't know. I just think there's like, I'm not asking for stupid stuff. I'm asking for like basic information about things. I mean, there's that one scene, right, where she actually orders some of it from Etsy. And I found it a little disturbing. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but... She receives the package and is kind of just like, ha ha, like joking, opening it and like looking at it and like, oh, maybe I'll like concoct this. So opening the box within an envelope now. Okay. These things are so like, I really am going to break a nail in this quest. It's Etsy. I bought it on Etsy. Oh, it's cute. It's like very sweetly packaged. Oh my gosh. It's literally fucking bleach water. And she's not saying like oh this is poison that i just got sent in the mail and you're supposed to use it to like purify your water or drink they it they never even say whether using it to purify your water is bad yeah like she doesn't say by the way if you use this to purify your water which is what they're saying you should use it for it's also poisonous you're which, drinking water yes that's what they that's what the intended use is that they're saying right that's i mean that's not good you know what else isn't good kevin Interrupting your podcast for the business section. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, did it, I did it to you this time. Wow, look at that. Yes. Like, look at Livy. She's like, that's how that happens, huh? It just <laughs> actually happens. Yeah, Not just scripted. slip it in. What? You just, that's what she said. Unscripted. No, the, the yes and work here is really fantastic. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. impressed, right? Yes. <laughs> yes uh, right. So, Kevin, uh, what's happening on our Patreon right now? Well, if you go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media, you'll get almost 340 exclusive podcast. What are you That's, shaking your head for? Uh, you, last, uh, last week you said it was 340. How can it still be no, 340? No, no, I, I said 335. Okay. So I think right I now it's 338. That. You said 340 and then you admitted it was 337. Just saying. Right, why why you got to like... <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to fact check this part Rounding of it. Rounding up. Is, is that not good enough no, a number? No, I love it. I still can't believe it's 340 when it was 300 two weeks ago. It's well, incredible. some of those podcasts are called the Crime Writers on After Show. On the latest After Show, we talked to Livy Burdett about why the fuck she took this job. True. Uh, we also, Money. That's why she Money. took this job. We also have some good stuff from Toby Ball, the next Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. is coming out, but Toby's got even bigger news, and it has to do with his flagship podcast, Strange Arrivals. Toby, tell us about season three. Uh, season three should be hitting uh, your feeds on Wednesday. It's going to be a long, strange ride. I don't want to get into a whole bunch of it because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but I will tell you, it starts in Papua New Guinea and we touch other continents. Uh, hopefully people will like it. If you like the first two seasons, it's it'll be in the similar Similar vein. Toby, it's funny because I don't remember you recording this show from Papua New Guinea. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually uh, go on site to a lot of these places, oh, unfortunately. Uh, well, congratulations. Three seasons Thanks. is fantastic. How many episodes is the series? Uh, there's 12. 
12 episodes. Can I make a plug, Kevin? Sure. Uh, so today is Monday, right? Yeah. I believe today is episode four dropping of Bearbrook from New Hampshire Public Radio, and I have one plug to make for episode four of Bearbrook in particular. Yeah. It's my favorite episode in the series, aside from episode eight. It's my second favorite episode in the series. It's an instant classic episode. Uh, I would highly recommend... I have no skin in this game. I don't make extra money or a bonus or anything if you listen to episode four of Bearbrook. I would highly recommend listening to this episode. It is freaking fantastic. It is like your mind will be blown. That's all. You know what I love? Why I love doing this show and what? learning things is that I just watched Olivia Burdett mute her microphone when she sneezed because she knew she'd have to edit it out later. Pro. She didn't do that. Yay! Yes. Yes. Meanwhile, Laura would just be like Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like a cat, like Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, Will, stop playing with the internet, Will. God damn it! Remember how many times we have to we'd yell at. Will, because he'd play with her computer. Try Laura, to record. you do yeah. remember you're making a podcast, right? Yeah, for a living. <laughs> I also want to uh, note the contrast between my pushing Strange Arrivals and Rebecca pushing Bearbrook. And the uh, Rebecca clearly has has greater uh, pitching chops. Yes, yeah. well, I work for public radio, Toby. Come on, Laura busted into that like that little kid on the on the video. Where uh, dad was on the BBC, boom, (laughs) and walks right in. That's you, Rebecca. Yeah, that's right. Elbows out. Yeah, I don't know if this is a good podcast or not, but uh, we have the the latest. These are their stories out right now. It's great. It's called. It's an episode from the uh, the Mothership. It's season thirteen, episode twenty. It's called Kid Pro Quo. What a great guest for that one. Our guest was Joshua Unruh from the In the Gutter podcast, and we talked about this classic episode. It basically comes down to somebody was killed because uh, they're trying to get a, uh, their kid into a $20,000 a year kindergarten. And, of course, it's based on a real story. So It was great. It was great. So, anyway, that's all the great stuff that we have. If you want to support us, you can do it by joining Patreon. 14 days free. Try it. If you don't like it. We'll get you the next time. Also sign up for our newsletter. Go to CrimeWritersOn.com. You can sign up for our newsletter at CrimeWritersOn.com. All right. So, Kevin, before we wrap up the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Christina Westerholm and Casey Cassidy. Thank you, Christina. What the fuck? Bless you. Wait, I have to do the bless. You walked on the bless (laughs) you. Sorry. You're Oli- Father Kevin. Olivia is like so angry. She's got to edit all this Sorry, now. Sorry, Father Kevin. All right, no, hold we on. can just leave that all in. Hold on, hold on, honey. Ready comes. Bless you. Bless you guys. Bless you, Christina. Bless you, Casey. I'm sorry I stepped on your bless you. Thank you for everyone muscling through this business section. And I'm going to go ahead and play that music out right now. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. 
The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. So, Toby, what do you think about the uh, intersection between MMS and the autism community? I mean, we hear about, of course, Fiona being one of the bleach hunters, but we hear about this woman, Carrie Rivera, who has, you know, written this book, basically marketing MMS as this grand solution for autism. Yeah, well, you know, for whatever reason, it seems like the autism community, you know, or at least some elements of it are distrustful of sort of the medical establishment. You know, we, we already talked about Jenny McCarthy. You know, it seems like it's probably for this woman, Carrie Rivera, probably sees it as, you know, a market. I, I think she said that she cured her kid with this, which, you know, obviously has to be a lie. But that that whole part of it was horrifying. The way, again, I, and Livy mentioned it earlier, like in some cases, non-communicative kids uh, with autism getting bleach enemas essentially the wording of like families saying they had to all come together to pin their child down because they were running away they were running away when they saw mommy coming with the enema kit it's got i mean it's child abuse 100 percent. i mean if they're if they're sloughing off their stomach lining uh because of something you're doing to them like that's i think that fits the uh the definition um anyway so uh, you know, again, it's it's a grift. It's taking advantage of people who are dealing with very difficult situations. There's so much stuff out there about, you know, conspiracy theories around autism, like its causes, cures, all this stuff. And then, you know, at the same time, it's just like, you know, I guess she signs an agreement not to market in Illinois. Because it is, again, it's so egregious that it's like you cannot you cannot market this for this kind of use. And just so the way the whole thing starts, where Grennan and then that guy Humble, who I guess is the guy who originated this, like they're they're doing this in the Dominican Republic and Malawi, right? They're not even doing I mean, they're they're going to places where I assume there's less regulation and plying their trade there before, you know, heading back to the US where there's where the big money's to be made. Medical grifting is, I think, a pretty low, a pretty low endeavor. So we hunted at this before, Livy, but I was really surprised that after hearing there were, there were, quote, tens of thousands of people selling this around the world, right? And, you know, millions and millions of dollars of this stuff being sold that we heard from one real life victim on the show. I would assume that there are other, and it's not like I want it like grief porn or whatever, but I would assume that there would be like more of a... More documented cases. Yeah. I mean, were you surprised that we didn't hear sort of more of that kind of documentation on the show? Yeah. I think the more I sit with this and the more I think about this podcast, the more weak the journalism starts to seem and the more it kind of starts to come apart where, yeah, it seems like they didn't look for or at least didn't find many people to kind of testify to the effects of this stuff, either on 
like the, oh, it helped me side. We didn't even get anybody saying that. And we also didn't get anybody saying, except for this one person, it fucked me up. Um, And that's just really weird. Like, I think you mentioned this earlier, Rebecca, but the sourcing on this and the interviews that they get from people, there are so many times when the host would say, oh, this person didn't agree to talk to us or we couldn't get in touch with this person. And it's like, if Dan Taberski can get a Navy SEAL general to basically admit <laughs> to murder in an interview on tape, like you can't find a few people to make a testimony about their use of MMS or get somebody who's involved in the selling of it to speak more candidly about it. I just think, yeah, they're they're kind of using other people's journalism. They're using tape from this guy's kind of Trumpy podcast and stuffing it all together and then adding this like long drawn out couple episodes at the end about these guys getting arrested and the raid in Colombia or the Dominican Republic, or I'm not even honestly sure where this was. Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. (laughs) And, and the configuration of their house and there being a courtyard in the middle. Yeah. And and like, like, why am I hearing this? Instead of like, I remember that part. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't hear what I wanted to hear, but I heard a lot about their fucking house. Well, I also, I found myself being distracted by these very basic mistakes, which shouldn't matter. Like there are a lot of podcasts that have very basic mistakes that I just ignore or don't matter. But in this podcast, they really stuck out. Like in one episode, they were like, this time Fiona was using a new alias, Mary. And I'm like, that's not new. We literally just heard her using that alias like 10 minutes ago. Or, you know, there was one section, which by the way, it happens where they actually had cut like the same audio twice. Like we heard it literally within the same five minutes. It was, it was an editing mistake. And I'm like, you know, there was this tape from the Grennan podcast over and over and over again that added nothing. Like they would just literally play tapes from the Grennan podcast. And I'm like, fine, that's the tape you have. But then there were other times where they actually played tape from somebody else's podcast of a source in the story. It's like, we they wouldn't talk to him, so we're playing tape of somebody else's podcast. Okay, but I agree with you that if you can't find that person, find somebody else. Like, don't mention the person and then play, like, find somebody else who can speak to that thing. Like, that is a standard sort of journalism thing. You can't find that source to speak to that thing. Find somebody else from the law enforcement agency or whatever who can speak to the thing. Toby? I guess the only thing I would say in their defense is that I think there's there's some value to having those interviews that are in a certain ecosystem in which they're comfortable talking about these things in a way that yeah. I don't think they'd be comfortable talking to the journalists working on this podcast. Yep. So I think if you really want to demonstrate that attitude that they have, I think that may be the only way to do it. That being said, there's nothing keeping you from doing both. Right. So I I thought there was some value to that. I mean, I I do think knowing the context in which these claims are made is important. I don't think they necessarily do a great job at that, but I do think pulling some of those, like both from his podcast and then from these other podcasts, I, I, I think was moving in that direction. 
you brought up Fiona. Can we talk about Fiona for a second? Oh, and her, and her subterfuge? Yeah, so we meet Fiona like early on, and she is, you know, a mom activist, and also, uh, was she an academic as well? I don't know, yeah. and we also don't and, really get a sense of, like, some. She, they said she was a controversial person. We don't know why she's a controversial oh, well, person. I didn't pick up that she's controversial. Yeah. But, we, you know, she's one of the sort of armchair detectives, you know, that are out there kind of following uh, the Grenons around and trying to, you know, locate them. But then at the end, we get part of what she's doing is she's making phone calls. And they even the host has to say, okay, she's not great at accents. Yeah. And they collect from you personally. Just, I mean, they're quite. No, no okay. No, no that's no, okay. No. That's okay. You're great. Love you. God bless but, you. Bye. 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 You bye. I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I thought that was some great tape. Didn't you want to know why she was taping the phone calls or for whom? I think it's for the FDA and for like, you know, waiting for somebody <laughs> to say, yeah, well, you know, don't take too much because it'll kill you or whatever. You know. <laughs> I think she was country. They, they talk about how she doxed some people at one point. I mean, it sounds like she was using yeah. aggressive tactics uh, that they don't really linger on, but they do mention, I think. Yeah. So, Kevin, do you think that Trump brought up bleach at that press conference? Because the Grenons no. wrote him that letter. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we don't. He he's riffing, right? Like he always riffs, and apparently they even, you yeah, know, they he's didn't on point Telegram out, and stuff. But they Trump, point, Trump was. But they were pointing out at the time that uh, uh, that he had just received this briefing, and somebody had mentioned cleaning bleach, and of course the, the way his mind works, nobody thought he was. Yeah, you know. That that wasn't brought on because he received, you know, a single letter. I'm sure he hasn't read a single letter that was sent to him, which is why he brought him all the Mar-a-Lago, so he could read them there. Um, Whoa. Yeah, but um, but he certainly, but the thing about Trump uh, is that- You can at Kevin P. Flynn with your tweets, and you can write to crimewriterson at gmail.com to Kevin P. Flynn. Yeah, he was not, you know, his comments about bleach were not informed by the MMS movement. But like with so many things with Trump, he's like at this nexus between certain fringe forces that are seeking validations in their suspicions of things like Big Pharma, like the government, like the media. And so, you know, it's got that same kind of rhythm to it. And so that's why people sing to it. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Okay, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Smokescreen Deadly Cure? Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for this podcast? I, I, I wanted to like it. Um... So the podcast looks at like at least a couple of issues, which I think are pretty important, you know, misinformation and how that spread 
you know, through internet, social media, all this stuff. And then, you know, quack medical treatments, you know, and, and sort of distrust uh, on in some quarters t- about the medical establishment. And maybe even a third thing, which is sort of this sort of tendency, again, in certain quarters to sort of dismiss what experts say and instead like kind of trust your instinct about what kind of feels right, like drinking bleach. But I don't know that they really do a good job of sort of explicating any of this stuff. Um, In the end, there's just not a whole lot of there there. I mean, it it goes on for quite a while. Mark Renan is is kind of an interesting character. Like he actually, he sounds like he's doing a Donald Trump impersonation the entire time. But I think that's just the way he talks. Yeah, I just, some of the writing was just sort of strangely bad. You know, I, I usually I'm driving or something while I'm listening to these things, so I never can write things down when I hear them. But like in this one, for instance, it says somebody opened a door into a world that she would never close. It's like you're, you're not going to close a world. Like I think you're talking about the door, but you've totally fucked up the sentence, so it's not going to work. Toby, you have so much restraint not mentioning the fact that smokescreen is one word and not two. I know yeah. that's not these producers' fault because this is a series of seasons. Yeah. But it, it but. but it makes it hard when you're trying to find it on fucking iTunes and you put it in smokescreen <laughs> and you're not coming up with anything. You don't realize it has to be two words. Um, so anyway, it's a great it's a great topic. You know, I, I just wish they'd done a better job with it. So I'm, I'm a thumbs down. Livy Burdett, thumbs up or thumbs down for smoke screen deadly cure. <laughs> smoke space screen. <laughs> um. Okay, the thing that I would have liked about this podcast, which Kevin just ruined for me, was that I thought it explained the background of why Trump said, why don't we come up with something that would disinfect COVID from your body? When I heard that in the podcast, I was like, oh, that's such a good explanation. There's some people behind this that explain, like maybe he knew them or heard from them. And they the podcast kind of makes it seem like that. And by implying it, but Kevin just told us that that's not actually the case. So, um, yeah, I, I don't listen to this kind of stuff often, but it really was sort of an illustration of how one can kind of package a bunch of bullshit into like a decently well-produced thing that sounds all right. But then when you start to think about it more and kind of say, okay, what did I actually learn from this? I at least kind of came up empty handed. So yeah, that sounded kind of harsh, but yeah, I, um, thumbs down. Kevin Flynn. I'm going thumb sideways. I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. Uh, And, you know, sometimes when I hear you talking about the things that weren't in it, I'm kind of like, nah, I actually kind of remember that being in there. But again, it didn't stand out apparently to you as much as it probably should have. Um, I, you know, like I said, I think that there's stuff in the middle here that just like, like, like I, I think that there was, I don't want to say a deficiency in news gathering. That sounds like that they did not do a great job of trying to get stuff, but I felt like there wasn't a lot of stuff that was available for them to gather as far as original reporting. So they kind of leaned on some other material that weakened it. I thought the last three episodes could have been telescoped. We probably could have gotten out of this at the end of episode 
six or at least episode seven. So, you know, it's kind of a garden variety con case that we've seen from, you know, episodes of Chameleon or Smokescreen or, you know, similar ones like that. Uh, but, you know, it's not it's not fantastic. It's not horrible. But, yeah, I just got to go thumbs sideways. I'm going thumbs down. At the beginning of every episode, uh, Kristen says, quote, this is a podcast about how a family on the fringe convinced tens of thousands of people across the globe to buy a miracle liquid made of poison, the international conspiracy in Ignited, and the people who fought to take them down. It did not deliver on any one of those things. Uh, I did not learn how they convinced tens of thousands of people across the globe to buy the thing. The international conspiracy apparently is them just moving to another country and living in an apartment. And the people who fought to take them down is a lady who makes phone calls with a bad accent. So um, it's not deliver on the promise. To me, this is the kind of podcast that demonstrates everything that is wrong with the podcast industry right now. A very important story that was pitched that probably could have been great, but it was given a timeline, some probably very talented people working on it. And because it was given a timeline and there was nothing there, there, they had to deliver it in a period of time and a certain number of episodes. And they made what they could make with what they had and what they could make with what they had was not great. And I would argue that even with what they had, what they could have made would, could probably have been a lot better if they had paid more attention to very basic details like writing and reminding us who people were because I couldn't pay attention to any of the people who were. I didn't even realize there were four Grennans until like episode six. So I, I have to give this a thumbs down and I'm, I feel bad about it because um, I wanted to like no, it. No, you don't. No, I, I do because I liked other seasons of Smokescreen that we've done, right? Smoke space mm-hmm. screen, but I did not like this one. So yeah, thumbs down for this podcast. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime Crime of of the week. week. Ford Motor Company has filed a patent for new technology that would give the automaker control of vehicles when owners fall behind on car payments. The schematics show that delinquent drivers might suddenly find the air conditioning doesn't work or the engine won't turn over. It could also make autonomous cars drive themselves to a tow truck waiting to repossess them. And in cases where repossessing a clunker of a car is financially inexpedient, the vehicle can drive itself directly to a junkyard. Just to note, Ford has only applied for a patent and hasn't announced plans to add this technology to future models yet. Panel, this is one judgmental car. In the future, what other punishment might your car dole out? Toby Ball, what do you think? I was just going to return my my the driver's seat to something that doesn't fit my legs every time I get out. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Livy Burdett, that what punishment might your future car dole out? Um, it's going to play the song, I'm going to be in parentheses 500 miles on a loop as though the radio is broken to remind you that you're going to have to walk 500 miles if you don't pay your car payment. What do you think, Kevin? I think it's going to cut off my air supply if I continue to play air supply on the radio. There's a theme here. Um, Well, I want to like have some slap back at Ford Motor Company because I think this whole thing is 
bullshit, frankly. I mean, sometimes people come on hard times and their car should not be driving itself to the junkyard. Ford is not going to use it. I don't like Tesla it. Tesla will use it. Elon Musk will a thousand fucking percent find a way to put that in his car. You're probably right. That's going to do it before we go. Toby Ball. Toby, it's your favorite part of the podcast. The one where you tell us if we have a cat of the week. Toby, do we have a cat of the week? <laughs> We do have a cat of the week. It's so enthusiastic. It's an actual cat, and it's some kind of cruel joke that Brickers played on me. Um, so a a fat black and white cat called Gasek, nope, Gatsek, has become the top-rated tourist attraction in the Polish city of, it's spelled S-Z-C-Z-E-C-I-M. So I'm guessing Sheshin, maybe? <laughs> Uh, Just go with it. No one will know. Just go Gatsik with it. Gatsik has a perfect five-star rating on Google Maps. His name, <laughs> pronounced Gatsik, means long-eared bat in Polish. He does not look like a long-eared bat. Um, the rotund feline has beaten out Szechen's other tourist <laughs> hotspots, including a Pomeranian Duke's castle built in 1346. Oh. Gatsik... It's been living in a covered wooden Wait, box. Did you say a Pomeranian's in, castle? Like a dog? What was the name of that city again? <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to get to it again. Um, Getzik's been living in a covered wooden box on Shitchin's Kazupska Street for several years, and it gets plenty of snacks from passersby, according to news outlet W. Shitchinsky. Yeah. <laughs> this is racist against Polish people. No, it's not. It's racist against me. Polish um, language. Uh, let's see if there's anything else interesting here. He even began to lure visitors from neighboring Germany, nope. according to Notes from Poland, which has a <laughs> hyperlink. Uh, he's, he has almost 2,600 reviews, according to Mental Floss. Uh, and... One reviewer wrote, I'm very, very fortunate to have come here and I'm very fortunate to have come here and meet this distinguished gentle creature. Hmm. Um, one person said they've flown all the way from Oslo to see him. Nevertheless, his appeal apparently isn't universal. One person gave him a one star rating in 2022 because he, quote, stole a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Find it in a letterbox. Yeah, his box is located outside a shop whose workers act as his de facto guardians. They recently put up a sign asking that any edible offerings for get sick be left in sealed containers, according to, again, notes from Poland. So that's it. Get sick. It means long-eared bat. He is in some town in Poland. Named he what? Is named, uh, <laughs> it's interesting that they give you a pronunciation. You killed, more, you killed more Polish letters than a fire at the post office. They, well, I don't know. Why did they give the pronunciation for the cat's name, which you could at least like pretend you can know, but, <laughs> but for the town's name, they have no pronunciation guide for something that's spelled again, S Z C Z E C I N. Cheshison. Dumb as bad as Gary. <laughs> so anyway, thanks, thanks, Laura Bricker. That's it's our like cat the of the Siobhan week. Siobhan of city names. So I don't know. And then it's, it's news outlet is is lowercase w capital S Z C Z E C I N I E. It's because the W is silent. It's like a hockey oh. team over there where that cat lives. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, it's amazing. Uh, all right. Anyway, all right. that was all right. exhausting. Toby Paul, folks want to reach out to you and correct your Polish pronunciation. How can they find you on social media? If you can figure out how to phonetically get this to me over Twitter, I'd appreciate it. Uh, at Toby NH. They can just send you the, let me help you Google that link to the pronouncer. Uh, I could have done, I should have done that ahead of time, I guess. Livy Burdett, uh, folks want to reach you online or find your work somewhere. Is there any way they can do that? No. <laughs> Kevin Flynn, what about you? How can you be found online? If you have messages for Livy Burdett, send them to me. I'll print them off and mail them to her. <laughs> Analog. Yeah. At Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. Follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers on and please join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers on Facebook discussion group. You can post nice things about Livy. We will screen cap them and then I will text them to her and then maybe someday she'll respond. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. Why are you waving at me, Toby? Because uh, I have an update. What's that? It's, it's pronounced... Stetchin. <laughs> <laughs> Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You get the crime writers on after show, married with podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. Livy, remember when you asked me, does Toby realize his podcast has the words balls deep in it? Yes. Our theme I'll song never live that down. Posed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the wonderful Livy Burdett. Yay! Good job, Livy. The executive producer of this fine program is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where we also talk about poison passed off as quality content on our podcast. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you Later. Later. My husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> Do you need some bleach? No, no, I'm sorry. I was, just, I was holding that in. Partners in Crime Media. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.